0: Welcome to the Let's Talk Conflict podcast. We're a group of young people and adults with experience of the care system and we define ourselves as care experts. In today's episode, we have two senior trainers from LEAP joining us. We have Amanda who has personal experience of the care system from a few decades ago. And also she has many years of working with young people and adults in the care system. We also have Tony who currently works in the care system and is a foster carer as well. And I am Shnika and I'll be hosting today's episode. We're looking forward to sharing our reflections on the care review with you. Hello everybody, welcome to Let's Talk Conflict. Today we'll be discussing the government recent announcement that they'll be reviewing the children's social care system in the UK. So today we have Amanda, Evie, Jasmine, Anya, Alice, Tony, William all participating. So I'm going to go straight in and start off with the first question. What were your initial reactions to the announcement of the review of the care system and i will start with amanda
1: i think it was great to see and for me was thinking it's it's very much overdue um it was work that desperately needs to happen and i'm hopeful for it to me, the, the document is kind of like, it looks great, it reads great, and it feels really like, well, are they actually going to be able to implement it? Will they be able to make change? And then I'm like, am I just being a bit like, <laughs> before they've even started?
0: And then I'll move on to Evie. What were your thoughts around it? I don't think I was as positive <laughs> as
2: Amanda. I think quite a lot of it looked good on paper. Um, I think quite a few bits were missing. But I don't want to be too negative and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt to at least get the ball rolling a little bit and give them a chance to follow through with what they're saying and what they're talking about. So, yeah, that's my stance
3: on it. Anya? I don't know. I kind of had a bit of, like, mixed feelings towards it. Um, On one hand, I was kind of, like, excited. But on the other hand, like, I wouldn't say worried, but, like, a bit of humming and hawing about it because, like, you know, um, whether, you know, what they're saying will, you know, take time or whether it will happen straight away or, you know, whether it will happen at all. Um, thank you. Um, then
4: we'll move to Alex. Like Amanda, I feel like it's desperately, desperately needed. Uh, but also, like Evie, I'm very dubious. Um, for me, this cop, like the caribou, it's like you holding your breath a bit are they gonna actually do it well or you know in the summer they're gonna come up and be like oh this is what we've decided and pretty much change nothing and even if the review's great and they're not done how long is it going to take to implement? Like, do you know what I mean? I just hope that the change that's needed happens. And I hope that it's not, oh, we'll change the drastic things, but all these other things can wait. Like, don't just put out fires, like, stop them from happening completely.
5: And Tony? My immediate reaction was about time. What I'm hoping for is that, you know, the Children's Act made a lot of good promises. Okay, There was a lot of good things in on paper, right? But that's all it is. It's on paper. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that the review is going to look at what do we need to improve on and how we're going to do that.
6: And then we'll move on to Will. I I was like, holy shiznit, finally.
0: <laughs> 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 Thank you, everybody, for what you've just contributed. I can agree with what most of you guys say. I'm also quite um, optimistic as well, as excited, but a bit worried that it might not live up to what it says, but well, hoping and trying to stay positive at the same time. But I think overall it's a good thing. I'm going to move on to question two. In terms of the care system review, what positive change would you like to see? Anya? What I would like to happen is
3: for social workers to like keep to their word, if that makes sense. So, like, if they say, you know, oh, we're going to give you your home grant money when you're this age just to like see a positive like with social workers care leavers uh young people still in care and carers to like sort of like bond more yeah because it's like you can't all work in a separate environment you all have to kind of like stick together otherwise it's going to be a bit of a train
4: wreck Alex, did you want to say something? I would like there to be like no postcode lottery. So the disparity between where you live, what borough you live in is very drastic. I came from somewhere where there was literally nothing. We really didn't have a lot. We had to fight to even get the same amount of leave care grant as other places in the UK. We literally had a quarter of what other people were getting. I mean, obviously that's changed now, but I would like to see policies in like we have the law that's fine but then the policies that local authorities uh, write are almost gatekeeping access to what the law states you're entitled to so I would like that to stop I would like it to be uh, much more accessible I also would like more accountability anything that happens between a person in care and a social worker slash care leaver PA if there's complaints made or issues before it gets to the complaint stage, I'd like that to be actually dealt with. Um, I would also like a limit on case numbers, and if there is one already, it should be less, uh, so social workers can actually do their job and can afford to care without being burnt out. Yeah, basically, that's what I would like to
2: change. I was just thinking, I completely agree with like Alice on what she said and Anya, but I think like we have all got a million and one things we'd like to. Yeah improve on and things but I think definitely I agree with taking accountability so you know making sure that if you say that you're going to do something then they follow through with it I think that that's something that social services social workers personal advisors if they say that they're going to do something then like I said they need to follow through with it but also I think that social workers and people within social services they need to start using their voice as well if they're unhappy with something and realize that we're supposed to be on the same team we're supposed to be working together so really take a step back and look at how we can make that work because it's not just all on the young people a lot of it is the responsibility needs to be taken responsibility by the social workers instead of saying oh well we haven't got enough funding we haven't got enough this we haven't got enough that we need to see how we can make it possible at one point we've all been told by a social worker how much work they've got on you know like yeah. when they've got other different cases how much paperwork they've expressed in some way they've got a lot of work on and stuff I've been told that millions of times and I've tried to be as empathic as possible and think like maybe they've got into this job with a good heart and everything and then they've been overrun like you know because They've realised that it's underpaid, that that things really aren't there to support young people. They've got a bit disconnected and stuff, and they've just, you know, they're just trying to do what they're doing and whatever and stuff like that. But it's like, still, I think if that were me, I'd still be using my voice. I'd Mm -hmm. still be saying something. I'd still be trying to find a way of fixing this. And I think also making sure that there's like a clarity on things, whether it be care leaver statuses, what young people are entitled to, what are the things that they may be facing in future, you know, like different forms of living accommodation and things like that. I think there needs to be a lot more clarity on things and also a lot more equality on different care leaver statuses because, you know, if you're one form of care leaver to a different form of care leave. it's all about status and that mm-hmm. in, then in turn comes around on what you get what you deserve and things like that what you're entitled to sorry from the local local authority which is wrong because each different borough it's to their discretion what that qualifying child is entitled to, and that's wrong, and that can't come from young people. That needs to be done with the people within the system. A lot of it comes down to accountability and the and social services, people within social
0: services using their voices. And you know what they're starting to use as well? They're trying to, like, record data better on care Even, but it's so bad and it's hidden away. It's hidden, like, when it comes to, like... Our like rates of employment stuff like that is very hidden, but education is you know it's there in the public view, and I feel like it shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't be hidden from the public. It shouldn't be hiding somewhere. You have to dig to find that information. Ultimately, the government and social services should be responsible for what the outcomes of young people in care. I'm not blaming them. and saying it's their fault. But they should be actively seeing this and it should be in the public domain because at the end of the day, the public is paying for the social workers and the government to do their job. It should be in the public domain to say, look, what's happening here? Why are these young people going through the care system, coming up with no GCSEs, no employment? It's there. The data is there. A lot of people in the public don't know about it, so they need to actually make these things more transparent. Thinking about the kind of the core of that care
1: review, which is they were saying, you know, the aspects to focus on was safety, stability, and love. And I was thinking about what everybody's saying. Actually, Alice, I thought that was really powerful words you used about us people should be able to afford to care. And then Evie just listening to what you're saying. And it's just like there's something in there for me about actually it needs to be safe enough for social workers as well to actually have a voice.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because my kind of sense is that sometimes it isn't.
4: Yeah, but I agree there.
1: A hundred percent. The professionals involved as well. Like how do we make it safe for them to speak to give them the stability that they can afford to care without being burnt out? And to be able so they can use their voices.
0: When I did my course, I wanted to be a social worker. You get thrown in on placement. When you're doing the placement, you can actually see the challenges when you're working with the young people. You know, when you go in, because I've been on both sides. I've been a young person and a, a training social worker. Most of the young people don't trust you. And to build any kind of relationship, you need to have that trust um so it's 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 hard being a social worker and you know there's also that fear over you as well that you can be stripped off you can actually lose your your livelihood and you know when you a lot of people that go into social work have families they have mortgages so they just need to do the job to get paid like literally just need it to survive and what i find is if you're too compassionate if you're too empathetic you get burnt out because the system doesn't really support social workers as well in that you don't have a lot of supervision, you know, you have a high caseload and it's it's quite stressful, a lot of the stuff that you're dealing with and you're not trained properly. Because I did the master's program and I'm like, there's no way you can do four days placement and loads of coursework. That makes no sense because it's on theories that that uh, you know you can't really apply it to real life, you know, and you have those coursework over you and you have to pass the course as well so you you're stressed, you're not learning. I was stressed because I'm seeing all the challenges my young people are going through heavy emotional stuff, and I have coursework to think about as well, plus there's challenges in you know with what I'm writing up and how you know building that relationship So it's a very challenging. Course, And if you have empathy and emotion, because I was in care myself, so I could, I could actually feel what some of these young people are going through. So for me, I'm like, I can't do this. I just can't physically do this because either I have to be really selfish and just shut down all my emotions and not see the young person and get a job. Or, if I do it the other way i'll I'll get burnt out.
5: That's the option that's given to social workers It's interesting that it's called a care review because it seems like that, that's the part that's missing the most
4: yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah. what I'd want to see improve is the relationship between social workers and whoever they're working with actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that you know it's what's already been said can actually become a reality. that becomes a partnership that when it's not working, the social worker becomes an advocate and it and it is challenging the system and, and actually working alongside each other more can be achieved. So yeah, that they focus more on the relationship. Starting from qualification, that they spend time and look at what's the relationship we need to create with our clients so we can work alongside them. I think that
4: far, far, far more training needs to be involved for social, uh, foster carers. It's not enough and it's not good enough. Like, if they train the foster carers about safety, stability and love, I think we'd have a much better time with it. Something that's just
1: come into my head, actually, was... was recruitment of foster carers actually using a more kind of values-based recruitment process um, might actually you know I was getting sort of hearing lots of people saying that people are still doing it just for the money and those kinds of things that if they can tweak the recruitment process so that we're sort of working at a more personable level yeah and I wonder whether that would have an impact on on how foster carers really are coming into the world of foster care and how they receive the training as well.
4: You're right, you know, because I see, like, posters. Do you have a spare room? Like, yes. <laughs> and it's like, no. Do you have a kind heart? Do you care yeah. about that? Like, yes, yes. Yeah could you do with an extra, so much money a week?
2: No, don't put that on a bloody poster. Yeah, guy Alice. Yeah. I was just going to say what Amanda was saying then, I think that really, I think that should be the same with social workers. They are human. They are an interaction with us and sometimes that's the only point of contact that we feel like we can go to sometimes. They themselves need to be like tip-top condition, you know, like have kind, loving hearts, be doing it for the right reasons, same as what a foster
0: parent is. When you look at the values of social work, about, you know, making it a fair and equitable society, you know, challenging injustice. That's what social work is all about and helping the poor and all that kind of stuff. It's no longer about that anymore. It's about, you know, providing a safety net. And there's no preventative social work at all. There's nothing around helping communities, helping families. It's either you're there to do a
2: you know you're, you're, you're when problems arise yeah like 100% that's on my list as well like prevention things need to be done before and they just wait until a crisis occurs and then that's what they do then they'll say oh we'll we'll intervene then and they don't listen to like I think mental health is becoming a bit more of a thing now but I think for a good while they've not acknowledged that mental health, like parents' mental health as well, that they could do things to help prevent a crisis from occurring, you know, from putting different charities or counselling therapy sessions, what's it called, in place beforehand, or like a person of support to go to, you know, like if a parent's struggling, you know, financial worries as, as well, a lot of Things does boil down to money you know they could they could appoint different people in different charities in different places instead of just saying oh yeah that's really hard but you know oh, terrible teens or whatever or you know are oh, you doing a really good job and you know everyone has difficult times I think they don't listen to the actual cries for help they just like push them off, push them off, push them off. But when someone's expressing that like they're really struggling, they should try and do some sort of intervention before the crisis occurs, you know? They wait until they've got certain protocols that they, that they, that they wait until something
0: bad happens, you know what I mean? I also mentioned about, you know, with um, children and their parents, so what I find is a lot of the parents, not necessarily that they hate their kids or want to do bad things to their kids, is oftentimes it's poverty. So when you're in poverty, you haven't got the money, the stress will make you do stuff sometimes that you don't want to do. And instead of social services going in, where we're in the past, they would have preventative community social work. That doesn't happen anymore. As soon as something goes wrong, the kids are taken off these parents. And to note, People who are rich, that doesn't
4: happen to them. It's up yeah. the people that that happens to. I really do feel that there should be standardised, mandatory training for PAs. Yeah. That is not a requirement at the moment. They do not require any form of qualification, like any training, and that is just not okay. You're 17 one day with a social worker, you're 18 the next day with someone who is not... I mean, they may be qualified It. You know, they may have degrees in, I don't know, psychology, whatever, but they are not trained as a PA and they are basically social workers. They are pretty much the same thing, but they have no training and and they are setting, not the PAs, but the system is setting us both up for failure. If you're not trained as a PA, you can't do the job that you're employed to do. And if you're a young person that needs someone that has the training that a pa should have you're not going to get that either so that's something that really should be addressed we've touched on obviously like the training and everything
2: and like alice was just saying there should be a mandatory level for personal advisors like i was really shocked to hear that that, that social workers don't do training around childhood trauma and like things like that, that to me that's Paramount, like they need yeah. to do it, they need to have training around childhood trauma, um like building healthy relationships, prevention, you know crisis prevention training. Yeah. They need to have a better standard of training, like, because whatever is we've got at the moment is just not working to, to us from our side, from a care experienced perspective. I don't feel like there's any empathy. They don't, they can't see where we're coming from. They can't see anything from our side, or they can't, or they won't, whatever it may be. But they need to, they need to really start looking at their issues instead. You know, they need to start putting themselves in the child's position about what. Trauma they may have gone through they may have suffered, and what they may be going through at the moment, how they can make how they can actually improve that for the young person as well, you know how they can try and be be there for them as a supportive supportive adult supportive professional or whatever,
7: so I was just gonna see if like they kept families together because I're saying there that they'll keep families together, but they don't the easiest thing to do was to separate them. So I've got five siblings and we couldn't all go together because a foster placement can only have up to six children living there at the same time. So we all you usually get split up into twos and the younger ones go together and then the older ones go together. But one question that I've always wanted to know is why there's no asking the older children whether they want to be adopted. The decision is always the younger ones will be adopted because they're less likely to remember or it's easier for them to settle in an adoptive home. The likes of me is I was nine when my siblings, when my three younger siblings got adopted. And I would have wanted to be adopted so I could be with my sister, but we never got that option. So to keep siblings together, yes, it might be hard, but why not adopt all of them to the same home instead of fostering, like the older three, and then adopting the younger three like that's going to make us feel like we weren't worthy enough to be adopted or they weren't like they were just chucked off to the side kind of thing and it's just like we miss out on our siblings lives because of the actions of adults like it wasn't our fault so why do we need to lose our siblings yeah
0: so what change do we want to see in the way young people in care are seen and
6: treated so it's seen pretty much as equals not just what where people would go he's in care that means he must be spoiled or <laughs> things like that like just like we're all pretty much doing the same work here we're all doing the same thing just because how i got it was different to you or like, it doesn't mean anything <laughs>
3: i kind of agree with will um you know i think um equality kind of you know comes into it you know um we don't get enough like enough treatment as like other people would so like people treat us different like we're like we're glass you know and it's not the way that you want it to like be you want to be able to feel like you fit in rather than feeling like constantly treading on like eggshells and stuff like that i don't know i suppose that's probably what i would say
6: (laughs) and i guess also like you get like like there have been some teachers and some support teachers that have been like oh just because he's a supported one he needs to be pretty much carried through it there are like some things where I was like I can do this easily you don't need to literally hold my hand through it absolutely everything
3: yeah <laughs> like being treated like a newborn baby really isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah like, carry you through everything
6: supported doesn't mean stupid
7: I think as well talking about education I don't know if this happened to anyone else um yeah. But social workers would literally take you out of your class to do a pep meeting, like a personal education plan. You're telling me that my education is the most important thing, but you're taking me out of my lessons to talk about my life to, like, five different teachers and, like, my foster carers being there and stuff. Like, I did grow up in a loving home and stuff, and I was lucky to be placed with foster carers long term. Um, But education side, I just didn't... I, was, I didn't really do well in school. Like, I was just told all the time, or oh, I'll I'll I won't pass my GCSEs and stuff like that. Um, statistics show that there's loads of... The majority of people growing up in Kel end up in prison or feel that GCSEs be jobless, get pregnant young. I mean, prime example of getting pregnant young, but... <laughs> um, it's like... They're... The, educate, the teachers as well They need to be educated on foster care And stuff and the feelings Of a child in foster care Like if they put themselves in our shoes And how we would feel Because there's been many teachers that have sat there And outed that I'm in foster care in the whole class And then I get judged for that Like I got probably through primary school And high school For many years about being a care kid um, And my mom didn't want us And stuff like that and the teachers will be like, if you don't sit down and behave, I'll bring you a foster carer. And then the whole class finds out you're in foster care. I think teachers need to be more educated on children in care and their feelings behind people knowing they're in care as well. And be a bit more sensitive to the subject. I just thought once a teacher breaks my trust, I'm not going to listen to them anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to do what I want in their class. So like, they lost my respect. Oh, oh.
8: Thank you, Shanika. Um, I mean, just touching based on just generalizing what everyone has put in, just yeah. not having that labeled name just because we've had um certain upbringings, and this is just not just because you know people that's in foster care or anything like that, just generalize kids you know being brought up um by other people other than um their own sort of biological parents. But just sharing sort of based on my experience, um, whereby um I was brought up in a family home, but we would not be allowed phones to bed or young a young person wasn't allowed to play Call of Duty because of all the shooting and you know, just things like that. So if they want us to be brought up as normal children, we should be able to see what normal children experience and go through and not take that away from us but as we get older and put sort of two and two together we'll think "But why wasn't we allowed things like that you know and we're going to start questioning ourselves why are we not normal why do we have to go through these stuff you know what makes them you know why didn't we deserve these kind of things
0: they say to you
3: oh yeah you can go out with your friends but we need to check with your social worker first if you want sleepovers we have to check first but yeah it'll be fine you know and then it comes back saying oh no they have to be checked and stuff like that to make sure that they're safe
2: yeah i agree with that like completely like that the names i just thinking back i hated you know like looked after young person or yeah. lack reviews or
7: yeah.
6: foster
2: child, all them different like labels. They were horrible. We're just children. And like I were really lucky with my foster foster parents. And you know, I had a good relationship with them. But at the same time, I think it we could have been helped with social services a little bit more without having to put so many labels on we couldn't be a normal family because of social services you know what i mean but i think if i'm looking at a positive change that i want to see in the way that we we as young people are treated um and the way that we're looked at i would say the way that we're treated i would like them to take more time to make to for the young people to be experience happiness you know have a bit of happiness find out what what makes them happy and just like try and give them a little bit of happiness you know because like that's all a young person wants you know is to be happy and sometimes they end up doing things that in turn isn't very good because they just want to they just want to escape you know a young person just wants to get away from that down environment and escape to somewhere else I think bringing some sort of happiness into a young person's life I think that's like that's really needed um I think taking time to see things from a young person's perspective it's all right good all good and well saying oh let's is this good enough for for your child but you really need to start thinking about that like imagining if this was your child that was going through something like this and How would it be for them? How would you feel? All that and taking the time, you know, to build a relationship with us. I think that's really, really important.
0: I think as well, there's a lot of negative stereotypes and stigma around being in care and being a young person from care. And I find sometimes that like a lot of the people working with you because of these negative stereotypes are in the media, you know, even in movies around, you know, being in care. Like, people don't see you as a child or as someone who has, you know, had a difficult childhood. You know, they just see you as, you know, you know, not as a child. They don't see you as a child. And it's hard for them to actually have that empathy because sometimes they don't believe that you'll achieve where, you know, because there's so many negative results or care leavers... You know, when you go to someone, nobody encourages you. So like for me, with education and stuff, nobody took the time to kind of motivate me or, or, you know, encourage me. I had to find that myself and push myself to do that. Um, because I just don't believe that you're going to achieve. So I think there needs to be more positive role models within the actual care system itself. There needs, because there's a lot of young people in care who are doing well as, You know, in whatever they're doing, there's there's even examples of caregivers within society, you know, who have achieved a lot, but we don't see these images. We always hear the negative stories. Yeah. So I think there needs to be an active step taken whereby we see positive images um, of caregivers in the media, within social services, and also our peers as well, like within like younger young people within care you know, have other young people come back and like mentor and pair up with these young people and give them, because we need hope, we need we need some form of hope, you know, um, and we need to see people that are doing well, that look like ourselves, for us to actually believe that we can achieve
4: mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Alex, did you want to say something? Um, most of what I wanted to say about the way I was seen and treated was from uh, social services themselves. I mean, obviously, I had some amazing uh, social workers, few, but some. um, But I wanted to say that I want them to want to get to know us and not just read what's written about us because some of it is is not true. It's not true. Um, And, like, if we trust you, then we're going to be a lot more responsive and the relationship will be, like, fruitful for both parties. So... Spend time in trying to cultivate the relationship, and things I think will go smoothly for both like parties. If that if that's the case,
8: I'll probably say just leading off from what Tiff was saying um, in regards to social workers actually listening to how the young people are feeling instead of actually going off with how they've been trained, because things that we learn in general, what we study about, is just that's just the basic so just going off with my experience I'll probably say like PAs should have personal conversation with the young people sort of outside the homes Um, but again this is just based on experience because I felt under pressure to open up because before a meeting I would get told if you don't say this or if you don't do this you'll get punished after so it's the pressure of knowing even though you're in a different room you still Mm. know what happens behind closed doors whereas you know it's they they go based on assumptions a lot which I experienced abuse from one family but somehow the PA didn't see that so then I was put with a lovely family but yet for some odd reason the PA would see that they weren't so good having more personal talks um, and meetings and giving that option for the children in care just so they can they won't feel as pressured to not open up basically and just seek the help that they need or even support.
0: It's so interesting that I actually know a foster carer and she's lovely. She's the one that actually helped me to get into care (laughs) when I was going through my horrible life. And what she actually tells me is like she'll have the young people as soon as she makes headway with them they would take the child away from her yeah Mm. and i had another friend as well she was also fostered she had a foster care that was horrible to her she would would, she would take her money and what i find is a lot of these foster carers sometimes the bad ones are friends with the social workers so the social workers don't listen to the young people i don't even care what's going on with the young people so i feel there should be more accountability on that side yes a hundred percent there needs to be more accountability when it comes to stuff like that What change do we want to see in
4: relationships between
0: young people, carers, social workers and other professionals?
4: I literally have just one thing that I'd like to see changed and is authenticity. I want there to be authentic relationships. I want there to be genuine intent uh, to be there to care and um, integrity within the job people are doing, not just ticking boxes and making sure you're turning up there being something behind the meetings, making sure, like the bureaucracy aspect, like leave that at the door. Also tick the boxes, but make sure that you care at the same time. Uh, Tony?
5: More partnership working. So social workers, young people, foster carers, all working together to achieve the same aim. It's been interesting for me listening from the point of view of a foster carer, so one of the biggest problems that I've experienced is, you know, the amount of social workers we've had in 10 years. And uh, when you do get a social worker, like you said, you, every now and then a good one comes along. And then very quickly, they're, they're either promoted or they tell you that they've gone to work somewhere else. So and then it makes it harder for the next one because you've just experienced a, a really good social worker. You, they get on with the kids. They get on with you. And then if the other one doesn't show up like that, of, of course it's gonna put them in a difficult situation. And and I think that's the key issue for me is like there's no relationship a lot of the time. They come and, and it's like do the checklist, but they're not really interested in like what, what everyone else has been saying, like really having that relationship where you can take the risk and talk about your life and share stuff you wouldn't with everybody else. But there's too much attention put on the what do we need to get ticked off the list
2: yeah uh yeah i agree with that i think just realizing that we we need to work together we are a team you know and we can only improve things by working with each other and like what alice was saying you need to be you need to be working from the heart type thing and doing it with love and compassion
3: you can't just say that you've got that you need to really mean it i've been trying to think about this one i think what i would like to change would be like maybe how things are handled so like young people's behaviors handled how like social workers get advised on how to handle it everything needs to come from a different view they seem to go into being a social worker and sort of like cut off all emotions. So it's like they don't have an emotional attachment to you. So it's like you don't... I don't know how to say it. It's like there's nothing there that you and a parent would have potentially. It's like a a separate thing. And they're like, you're a project to me. You, you don't mean as much as what my child would. So I'm going to treat you different. I feel
4: like the way everything is set up instead of us all kind of looking at the actual issue and the, the, the people that are causing it they engineered everything so we just be at each other and i feel like that's the way the government have got us with social workers you know like we're fighting each other instead of us all turning around and thinking hold on a minute like we're not the cause you're not the cause it's them like because you feel it's Helpful. there's a tension in the room every time you're an annoyance they're an annoyance like it's always like it's conflict all the time but I feel like if if we found ourselves on the same side because I think technically we are we are on the same side but it's like um a subset you know like the, the, the issue the, the issue is why we're both there but social workers hold the keys to us having success or not having somewhere to live or not having, you know, access to furniture, stuff like that. Um and like obviously it's not their fault they can't give it to us. If they had an abundance or if they had actually if they actually had the bare minimum, if they had it there, there wouldn't be an issue with us getting it. but like all of the issues come from the government and local authority policy and the people that are making the laws and the rules, the policies have no idea what they're talking about basically, you know, if we were if we work together, I think we could actually make a change.
3: Yeah, it, it there's too much going on for people to think, you know, right, this is what needs to be done, and that's how this situation should be handled. So I think, yeah, strongly uh, to do with like handling situations better. Um and this is like speaking from like my my past the social workers I've had haven't handled my behavior correctly which I think then kind of like traumatized me a little bit uh, by the way that they did handle it so yeah I think more like along the lines of being better at handling
4: things um, i just wanted to say that i feel like more open conversations should be had across the board so i found a lot of the time it was conversations between my parents social workers them like my social workers with me and then me with foster carers and then foster carers with my parents it was all like these conversations going on separately and then being fed back to you obviously like if you're all just sat in the same room maybe with a mediator that's in the middle and, and independent Like, not a a review, because that's talking about practical things like your health and stuff, but, like, just, like, meetings you can go to where... You can have like a healthy dialogue, a safe space, and you can really like talk about any issues without fear of repercussion of who you've spoken to. You know, it doesn't leave the room, stuff like that. Like if you all had a conversation together instead of separate conversations that all feed into each other and there's room for like misinterpretation and, you know, stuff like that. I feel like if it was like an open, safe conversation that you could have, then maybe things... You know, you'd feel like you were all in this together, and you you didn't you wouldn't feel like it's all the adults against you. Do you know what I mean? Or, or you're just absent from the conversation that's going on. I feel like that would be a way of uh, strengthening relationships between like everyone involved. Yes, I I agree with what
0: everyone has said. Yeah, it's just simple stuff that are free. You know, yeah, Having respect for each other, being open, being transparent. You know, simple things. You know, just treating each other like human beings and seeing the the care leavers as children first, even if they have behavioural difficulties or whatever. Understanding where that's coming from, like yeah. Meeting them where they are. Um. So I, I will go on.
6: And hopefully, they could be a bit more reliable. So we so like people don't have any of that, like, oh, well, I'll give you a ring back in a week, and then you don't hear from them for like a month. Yeah like because all the times I've had like one hand at the phone like it's been like a week it's been two weeks you know so I can actually get a continue with what I'm so I can get a continue with yeah. my life yeah like put my life on hold while while I'm waiting for them to phone back <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. we definitely
8: need respect and um,
0: Jasmine
8: um no I mean it's only a short piece for me just of course that like, we can be here all day and forever you know listed and everything there's no it's not there's no ending list but just i think social workers or anyone in that sort of social department needs to focus more on what the young person want or feel i mean we've got to respect they've got guidelines and policies to of course work by um but they it is a strong point for them to of course um focus more on what we want to be be able to because you know it's us facing the end result of it is us by the time we get to a certain age we get thrown in the big world as they call it um where social workers they'll get paid um foster families they'll get paid regardless what work or effort they put in um so just that really i
4: don't know whether we can speak on this because i've never experienced this i don't know if anyone else has but i am quite concerned for the people in care that have severe disabilities, mental uh, health issues, if they're institutionalised like within mental health, uh, what's it called, hospitals, stuff like that, or they're in specialist homes. I don't know whether we can talk about it because like, I've never experienced it, but I'm quite, I want them to have a voice in this. I almost panic for them. Because, like, we had voices, we could say things we weren't listened to, but they're definitely not listened to. Thank you, everybody. We're going to wrap up for today.
0: We've discussed a lot, so thank you, everyone, for participating. That concludes today.
3: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Let's Talk
8: Conflict.
4: We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, you can reach us on Conflict at leapcc.org.uk or find us on Twitter and Instagram at leap underscore cc. This
2: podcast has been produced in partnership with Leap Confronting Conflict and edited by Helena Webb. Let's Talk Conflict has been supported by the Esme Fairburn Foundation, the Curtin Magda Stern Foundation, the Treebeard Trust and the RAIN Foundation.
4: Thank you for listening. Next week we discuss how different relationships have impacted us both positively and negatively whilst growing up.